And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Let's do it. Welcome to the Athletic MBA Show. Monday through on the Athletic Podcast Network. Is this thing on? One, two, Mike Shake, one, two. All right. <clears throat> what up, boy? What up, man? <laughs> what you know about Ray Meyer, the mad scientist of basketball who saw this clumsy seven footer and taught him footwork and agility and touch around the basket and how to stand tall on the court? Developing this George Mikenfella into a basketball pioneer. What you know about, what you know about jumping Jim Pollard from Oakland, who was touching up top of backboards in the 40s? What you know about, what you know about the clutchness of Sam Jones, the rebellious creativity of Red Auerbach, how Bill Russell organized a camp in Mississippi to help race relations after Medgar Evers was murdered? What you know about the origins of the Showtime Lakers being a nightclub in Santa Monica called The Horn? Or how Paul Westhead almost killed the dynasty before it got started? What you know about about Chuck Daly? About number eight Kobe? About the Silicon Valley influence on the NBA? In my new book, Dynasties, the 10 GOAT teams that changed the NBA forever, we take a look at the NBA's grand history through the lens of its dominant teams and dominant players. How not only each dynasty was built on the previous one, but how these legendary basketball teams even impacted society almost as much as the game. With popping illustrations from Yu Ming Kwan, Dynasties is a gorgeous addition to your bookshelf or your coffee table. It is the perfect collector's item, both for NBA fans who want to journey through history and casual fans who want to learn more about this league they can't get enough of. Get your copy of Dynasties today at Amazon, Barnes and Nobles, Target, Walmart, or wherever you buy books. What you know about Dynasties, the 10 GOAT teams that changed the NBA forever, wherever you buy books. Welcome to the Athletic NBA Show. It's another edition of Hoops Jason on the Athletic NBA Show. David Aldridge, I'm back in D.C. I was in New York briefly in Brooklyn watching the Nets whip that wizard's ass on Monday night. Uh, in the Bay, as always, my man Marcus Thompson. Marcus, Marcus, what's up? I'm, I'm, I'm so happy to be here because I almost died on Sunday. Why did you almost uh, die? Because there's like a ridiculous storm in the Bay. Yes. And so, you know, being a being the diligent Bay Area columnist I am, you know, I covered the the end of the 49ers, right? The the <laughs> the end to their season. When you lose when you lose at home in the rain to a dome team led by Carson Wentz, you're done. Yeah. Right. You're done. Yeah. And me yeah. and you need to have a conversation about how y'all anointed Kyle Shanahan, the boy genius. Don't say and y'all. Now, yeah, y'all, uh-huh, <laughs> no, y'all. No, there wasn't no y'all right. here in D.C. There were some folks. It wasn't no y'all, though. <laughs> but we, we're so, like, not used to rain here. Like, the freeway flooded. So I'm mobbing down a freeway at, like, 1230 at night. You know, I'm doing what I'm doing. I'm trying to get home. And, man, I saw this car stop in front of me suddenly. Uh-oh. And I'm like, ah, oh, here we go. Oh, whole, whole freeway flood. It's a car that already, like, kind of dipped in. It was Damn. like... The, the flood had gotten like up to the the window of the car, so almost I, I might have made it across. I was driving so fast, I might have just skipped your plane. That like a pie, you know what I'm <laughs> I was like, "Yo, I really almost died right there! Like that Damn. was crazy. I almost didn't make it to Hoops Adjacent. Damn, <laughs> coming home from Santa Clara, and- <laughs> coming home from that debacle, right? Like <laughs> the last thing I saw was the 49ers look trash. I was so, watching uh, that game and I thought. It, it looked like it looked like that scene from uh, was any given Sunday when they're getting their ass kicked and Willie Beeman's like terrible. And like, oh yeah, yeah that's like, exactly <laughs> what they were. That is exactly what they were. Damn. Before before we get to our our guest, who is yes. you know my homie, can can we just can we just take a moment to shout out one of the cute, coolest human beings in the world? And yes, I'm partial to old black men. Yes, right. Me too. That's just, but <laughs> I'm the son. Of, I'm the son of one. <laughs> <laughs> I was reading the Boston Globe, right, and yeah. uh, there's a piece in there about how Dusty Baker 
listen to Tupac before games. <laughs> Dusty Baker dropped Picture Me Rolling. I was like, <laughs> Dusty Baker is the coolest dude in the world, yo. Yes, like, there's no question. He, he, could, he got ashy elbows and all, and he's still like his <laughs> it. He got the toothpick. He could throw on some jazz. He could tell you stories about Hank Aaron and, and, and Satchel Paige. Like, this dude is a legend, yo. I love this Dusty dude, Baker. Dusty Baker was the, was, it was the most enjoyable time I've had covering baseball and I don't cover baseball a lot but when he was here with the Nationals that that was so much fun just to sit and listen to him tell stories you know like and it didn't even have to have a particular point it would just he would just work in like some actor he met 30 years ago and some musician and you know some some politician or something it was he was just a joy to talk to and so when I tell people the series starts on Tuesday, we're taping on Tuesday. And I tell people, I'm not rooting for the Astros. I'm rooting for Dusty Baker. Period. Nice. That's it. <laughs> it. You know, if he was managing the Braves, I'd be rooting for Dusty Baker. That's it. <laughs> I mean, so I want him to win a World Series. I don't care what team he's on. He's amazing. Man, I, I covered him when he was managing the Giants, right? Sure, During sure. During the whole Bonds era. And, you know, all that stuff was crazy. I was a young reporter then. Uh, man, he was man, he was always like the uncle, man. Yeah. You know, <laughs> he typed it. I, I just well, – I he made me – like, I couldn't wait to get to that age where you don't even have to say anything. Yeah. You just be like, all right now. And then that me, it just means so much, right? Like Dusty would be like, "All right, now," and I'm like, "Yo, he see me? Like this is my guy." You know? He's like, well, "What's up, young fella?" You know, he would just he'd just be like in the office, "Come here, young fella." You know, yeah. right, what are you, who are you? What you doing here? Like right. he would do. He was just he was an uncle, man. That that's the coolest dude in the world, man. Straight no up, like, and a big basketball fan. Back when Huge the, hoop fan, yeah. When the Kings were good, he would go to Kings games all the time. You see him there all the time. So yeah, he was he was big, still is a big hoops fan, a big sports fan, just the coolest dude in the world. I agree with you. You, you know who gonna grow up to be an old OG like that? One of the cool OGs. Our, our guest today. You know he already he already an old soul like that. <laughs> You're right. But You're right. He just need to get grayer and ashier. You know, you know who you know how he got all that <laughs> wisdom. Cause he covered, cause he had to cover Westbrook every day for about eight years, oh. <laughs> which is like, which is therapy, right? Like that's, you literally, literally faced with stuff. You got to figure it out because I should have two pieces, dude. Right? So what's the best way to go about it, right? <laughs> Our man Darnell Mayberry from the Athletic in Chicago. Welcome to the show, my man. I appreciate y'all having me, man. It's an honor and a pleasure, a privilege and a pleasure to oh, be here man. with you, gentlemen. Man, it's so good to see you, man. I'm happy. I'm happy you're covering a four and O team. This excites me. This makes me makes me feel good because in the summertime, when they got DeRozan, some of my friends in the business were just apoplectic. Oh, they gave him so many traffics. What's the matter? And I pointed out to them, I said, you know how many games you know how many games the Bulls have won the last four years? A hundred and four. In four years <laughs> combined, <laughs> so please stop telling me about draft. Picks. Is that is that regular season and playoffs? No, it's regular season. Oh, that's right. They, they made the playoffs. The playoffs. <laughs> yeah. That's right. That's a good point. It's been Marcus. bad. <laughs> it's been bad, and 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 here's I mean, so Zach Levine's first four game winning streak of his career happened last night. Damn! Oh my and that's, god. Is that right? This, that this is, is wild, yo. That's crazy. That oh is wild. <laughs> I was looking it up. They haven't been four games above 500 since like 2018. I was like, geez. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> this is crazy. It's, it's awful. been bad. They won 31 wins. They had 31 wins last year, and that was their high water mark since in the Zach Levine era. Um, you know, obviously they made that Jimmy Butler trade in 2017. Um, that, that was my first year here on the beat in Chicago. And I can't believe how bad the Bulls have been as a franchise this entire time. And so I'm with you, DA, the fact that they went out and got Vucevic, I didn't love that trade and all they gave up, mm -hmm. uh, but they needed some help. Yeah. And then the DeRozan deal happened. They gave up a lot for him, but they needed <laughs> some more help. The Vucevic right. deal backfired on them. They didn't even make the play in tournament. 
right. last season. So uh, it was clear that they needed a, a, a ton more uh, in, the, in the cupboard here in Chicago, and they got it, and it's off to a great start. And now you can see the, the vision sort of materializing uh, slowly. They haven't played anybody yet, but this right, right. start feels really good to a lot of Bulls fans. Yeah, you, it was 2016, DA. November 25th, 2016 was the last time the Bulls Damn. were four games above 500. <laughs> Five years ago. Damn. I was gonna say, I was gonna say, Marcus, 2018. I that's amazing. That's is, a, for a team like the Bulls, you know what I mean? Like a franchise like the Bulls that has been, uh, you know, royalty was royalty for many years. And in the Jordan era, but even the, the Derrick Rose years was pretty damn good and, and interesting in a contending team. Um, yeah, man, I, this is the predicate I always give about Chicago, about why it matters, to, why it's more important for the Bulls to win in Chicago for, for a few reasons. But the first one, the first reason why is because it's goddamn cold in Chicago. That's why <laughs> it gets cold in the wintertime. It's not like it's here when it's here in D.C., like when it gets to be like 31 and everybody loses their minds. You know what I mean? Like it's cold in Chicago in the wintertime. It's really, really cold. And so for people to put on their coats and get in the car and drive to Chicago United Center. I said Chicago Stadium because I'm old. Drive to United Center and plunk down a couple of bills to take their kids to see a game and buy them a hot dog and a Coke and do it on the regular, by the way, because up until last year or so, the Bulls were always number one in attendance, number one in attendance in the NBA year after year after year. You got to give people a reason to do that. Okay. <laughs> you have to give people a reason to spend the money and freeze their ass off to see a 30 win team, a 22 win team. No, <laughs> why would they, why would you, why would you, be surprised that they don't want to do that. So you, know you have why? to put you a good product do on it? the floor. You know why they do it? Because the other team is the Bears. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. No, you're right, right, right. No, that's true. Um, so, so it's so I. It doesn't surprise me at all, and I'm I'm frankly happy because after years where they just didn't seem to care about free agency. Look, whatever you think about DeRozan, he's you know he's older. He should, they shouldn't have given it to him at least. You know, Arturis Kanishevis and Evers, Mark Eversley, at least they're going after free agents now. You know what I mean? At least they're trying to do something and they're bringing guys in. They get Caruso from the Lakers. Um, and I think on a reasonable deal, by the way. So at least they're trying to draw people to a, you know, top five market size franchise. And the thing is, the Bulls fans do have something to cheer for that now. Um, Zach Levine has turned into an all-star when he faced a lot of criticism in this city. Yeah. Uh, people thinking he couldn't be the number one option and carry a franchise. He's showing that uh, he can do that uh, if you put the right pieces around him. This is the best team he's ever had. Uh, DeMar DeRozan is a four-time all-star. Vucevic is a two-time all-star. So, so these guys have experience. These guys are, are professional uh, veterans who've been around and, and know how to play the game. The Bulls just haven't had that in previous years, and that's why it's been such a struggle. And, and I do think that as fans catch up to what they've brought in, the Alex Caruso, the Lonzo Balls, they're going to wrap their arms around this team because it's a fun and exciting team. Uh, you can say whatever you want about the business end of it, how they, they acquired these guys and maybe what that portends for their future, but on the court right now, it's the most fun that they've had since Derrick Rose been, has been here. So uh, it, it's exciting to see where they're going. And the start, I can't stress enough, one that people really didn't expect because this schedule is about to really toughen up yeah. uh, for the Bulls. But, but this start, I can't stress enough how excited people are to see the way that they're playing. I mean, defense is, is really carrying this team right now you think of all of the players that i just mentioned they're they're offensive players but the defense is really what's driving the bulls right now and and it's been impressive to watch the, their their defense turning the offense see see darnell i i wasn't 
I was one of those people who didn't, I don't understand why people don't see the Bulls as a threat. And I, I get the history of it, but if you just look at the way the league is played, you need to be able to score from the perimeter and you need to be able to defend the perimeter. That's the two things you need. Like they can do both and they have multiple mm-hmm. pieces to do both. And watching how Zach Levine played in the Olympics, like you could see that people come from that experience where you're playing with legends, you're playing with greats. You don't come back the same when, as you're watching him, how different is Zach Levine? Uh, he's shooting 50% from the field. He's shooting 40% from three, but he looked like he might be trying on defense. Oh, he's really trying. And that's the biggest thing. I'm, I'm so glad you mentioned his defense Marcus, because that's the thing that people don't really talk about and they take for granted. Um, or, or maybe just, just flat out, just dogging for it. Uh, and there are times when Zach doesn't give maximum effort defensively. But last year, even before the Olympics, you saw him take on a more concerted effort on that end and, and really try to buckle down and, and focus for the better part of 48 minutes. He still had lapses. Uh, but you saw that then go into the Olympics where people started giving him a lot of credit and saying, OK, well, you put these other team teammates around him where he's got offensive weapons, this is maybe what he can do defensively. Uh, and so now with, with DeBrosen around him, with Lonzo Ball and Vucevic, and, and I'd even throw Caruso in there. And Kobe White's not even healthy for this team yet. So they're going to get uh, a lot more fun and interesting when Kobe White comes back as a scoring threat off the bench. But, but Zach Levine is chasing his man around screens. He's keeping up with him uh, in isolation, which he's always been a solid isolation defender. Uh, it's, it's off the ball, and he's doing a lot more to give better effort, whether it's chasing his man off the of screens or fighting through uh, oncoming screens. Um, it, it's just a night and day different between the old Zach Levine who just wanted to get his points mm-hmm. and the new Zach Levine who is really doing anything he can. Yeah, you you wrote uh, today, good story in the athletic, if you want people want to read about it just about how now you can tell when somebody's not giving multiple effort defensively and just what what kind of sea change that is from this franchise from just a year or so ago uh i'm not going you know without naming names they were not (laughs) a multiple effort defensive team they just weren't and just how different that is for them Man, leave Vucevic yeah. alone. Come on now. Come on. <laughs> I'm not mentioning no. Hey, you calling out Dusty Dang. Baker's ashiness. <laughs> <It's just> defense. <laughs> uh, but no, DA, I, I do think that uh, that is the big difference. I mean, we saw it. I hate to, to bring Jim Boylan in the conversation, but we saw defensive tenacity from those Jim Boylan teams just with the aggressiveness that, that he implemented in the, in the scheme and the strategy, mm-hmm. um, you know, they were, they were hard hedging and, and trapping, picking rolls with their big man and that sort of thing. And they were leading to a lot of steals, deflections and run out opportunities. Now, uh, you know, they're not as aggressive, but their, their length and their athleticism in the backcourt, uh, DeRozan, Levine, uh, Lonzo Ball, Alex Caruso. I mean, these guys are getting after it to where Lonzo Ball had a possession the other night against, I think it was OG Ananobi where he he didn't let him he but he, he wouldn't let him dribble almost like he couldn't even get to where he was trying to go and he just shut him down for the entire possession. He went over a screen, uh, fought through a screen that that OG tried to use and, and kept up with him and then cut off his drive, mm-hmm. kept up with him and forced the pass that I think led to a turnover. So that's that's the type of scenes and and situations that the Bulls are creating uh, so many times this season. And you're seeing Lonzo Ball, you're seeing Alex Caruso lead the way. And if DeRozan and Levine aren't with it, they're going to stand out for the wrong reasons. And so that's what I meant by the second and third efforts. These guys are now giving it uh, because they're going to look bad on film if they don't. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. 
You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. One of the one of the reasons I'm super high on Chicago is actually Lonzo, right? Uh, in addition to Zach, being old enough and in a league long enough to value more than just like getting your buckets and getting your money, it's the addition of Lonzo just feels like uh, the, 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 the visionary and point guard and just kind of glue guy they needed. What's that been like, the having the ball experience in Chicago up close? And when, when can we expect to sit down with, with you know, with Papa Ball and, you know, your big baller brand jumpsuit that you're going to be wearing pretty soon? He was, hey, I'm here for the free swag. If they got it, I'm here for it. But if, if uh, it was interesting because at, the, at one of the home games they had over the weekend, LeVar was there. I think, you know, his wife was there, Alonzo's mom. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I think LiAngelo was there with him. They were sitting across the court from us in a courtside seat. And we barely knew that they were in town. Uh, The camera, the Jumbotron showed them. And it was was really the only way that I knew that that he was in town. He got on the the Jumbotron, gave a couple fist pumps, and that was that. But, uh, you know, the the Alonzo ball experience from a playing standpoint, uh, from him on the court, it's been incredible. Like I looked at Lonzo coming in as not the answer offensively. Mm-hmm. And I was looking at it completely wrong. I should have been looking at him from a defensive impact standpoint because that's what he's really brought to this team. He's the fourth scoring option. You've got Levine, DeRozan, Vucevic, probably in that order. And then ball gets it how he can get it. So, um, the, the most impressive thing to me with Lonzo has been how he's locked up guys defensively on the perimeter and not just on the perimeter. I mean, he's guarding bigger players uh, and, and, and trying to shut them down as well. He guarded Jeremy Grant from the Pistons. He guarded Brandon Ingram from the Pelicans. Uh, you know, he was guarding uh, some, some, some taller players from the Raptors. Uh, Siakam was out, but he had Scotty Barnes and, and OG Ananobi, some bigger, stronger guys, and getting blocks in the post, coming mm. down, helping, and getting blocks. So different things that Lonzo Ball is doing, uh, this, this generating stops for this team, turning them to, into the, one of the best defensive teams in the league, and then using that to create offense has been the Lonzo Ball experience here in Chicago. Where is, uh, I mean, how is Billy Donovan um using Patrick Williams this year? Is he stay, staying at the four? Is he playing some five? How's, what's he doing with them? He's doing a little bit of both, uh, mostly at the four. He's tried him at the five a little bit. Pistons had Kelly Olenek there at the five. So in those types of situations, he feels that Patrick Williams can get away with small ball center minutes. Uh, and he feels like he can make good reads and, and, and uh, orchestrate a little bit in, in that small ball center position uh he he likes some of the things that he's seen but Patrick Williams just hasn't been all that impressive in the first four games and that's just the honest to goodness truth he got outplayed by his fellow Florida State alum (laughs) Scotty Barnes the other night and and Scotty Barnes looked like so um yeah it's been a slow start but I will say in Patrick Williams defense he had a severely sprained left ankle uh, right before the start of the season uh, that kept him out of all but the final preseason game. Mm-hmm. And so he was slow to get into this season. And so who knows where his conditioning is and how he is really uh, feeling physically. He also had a little shoulder injury that occurred early uh, in that uh, season opener at Detroit. So between the ankle and the shoulder, he may not be 100%, but you got to get some rebounds. He didn't get any rebounds against Toronto. So things like that. You need to see Patrick Williams take that next step. We're talking about Scotty Barnes in his third game showing like mm. th- showing that he's the truth. So yeah. uh, Patrick Williams has got to start showing something. 
Okay, I got the I got the Patrick Williams apology statement here. Uh, I'm gonna play the role of Patrick Williams apologist. <laughs> uh, I do think part of the thing the thing that concerns me about Chicago's depth and bench. Uh, I think I think they need Kobe. And they need they need Patrick Williams in that second unit where he could be free. Last year, when nobody cared, he was free to do whatever he wants. <laughs> like he was free. He got the ball. Like, you know, he could now he's trying to figure out like how to play off the ball. He pump fakes a lot on open shots, like far too much. <laughs> you could just tell the hesitancy. I think he's just trying to fill his way out. But I want to see, man, get get Kobe back. Put Patrick Williams in that second unit and see how you can kind of generate some type of like a secondary shift where he, he's more free. It's going to be tough for him to he's got to be a slasher, finisher, cutter when he's playing on the floor with Levine, with Levine, DeRozan and all that. And that's that's probably a little bit different than what he expected. So I'm, I'm giving him a pass. Am I being too kind? No, you're not. Uh, you you bring up some valid points, but your first one is the one that's driving Bulls fans crazy. Why is he pump faking so much? Bruh, why is he pump faking so much? Because <laughs> like, well, he, like he can't jump. Because he can't jump right now. If he's got an ankle, right? Well, there's there's some truth to that, maybe. And also, uh, he's got a very slow release. It looks mm-hmm. good uh, mechanically. It looks fine, but it's very slow. It's very high arcing release. So. Uh, I think he feels like maybe he needs time or else he's going to get blocked. Yeah. 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 So, so Darnell, like I want, you know, I've given, and I, and I think rightly so given Karnishevis and, and the front office credit for kind of recognizing what they need to do, but that does not mean, you know, they didn't <clears throat> maybe misstep last year. I mean, they tried it the veteran way. They had Otto Porter there. They had Garrett Temple in there, a bunch of vets. And and professionals by every account. I mean, professional guys that know how to practice, know how to get ready to play. And I know they were trying to teach the young guys something, but they got off of that really quick. Have they kind of acknowledged, eh, maybe we, you know, maybe we either overvalued our young guys that we're trying to bring up and we need to get some vets in here, or the guy or the vets we had in here last year didn't have quite enough left tread on the tires. Yeah, I mean, they've been transparent from the start that they didn't look at this as a rebuild and instead they looked at it as a retool. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and also that they didn't want to come in here and they did talk a lot about player development. And I think most execs and coaches come in and, and kind of spew those cliches, but, you know, they wanted to win. And that was very clear that their mission was to to win sooner rather than later. And I don't think anyone thought that they would be this aggressive in turning over the roster. And, and, you know, they got rid of some, some solid young players uh, who no one in Chicago is going to really think twice about now. When you talk about Larry Markinen and Wendell Carter Jr. Those types yeah. of guys, uh, Daniel Gafford out there in DC. Yeah, they yeah. still think they would be really good with, <laughs> yeah. with Daniel Gafford right now. Yeah. Uh, but, but yeah, they're, they're in win now mode and they've been transparent about that from the start. The shocking part is that they did kind of punt on player development really fast. Um, the only real true young guys they have now, Patrick Williams and Kobe White. Right. And Kobe White at this point, I mean, you're seeing how much this roster needs him as a scoring threat off the bench. Um, but his role is not so certain. He's going to mm. be coming up for a contract extension soon. Mm. And they just gave Alex Caruso the full mid-level. They just gave Lonzo Ball a bunch of money. They just paid DeMar DeRozan a bunch of money. So uh, there's only so much they can go around. And oh, by the way, Zach Levine's up for a contract extension now too. Right. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service that you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. 
As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. So, yeah, what are the tea leaves on that? What do you th- where do you think that's heading? You know, and it's four games in, obviously. It's way too early. But, um, I mean, I think nationally the, the view is He's going to take the bag just because the bag's too big not to take. But what what do you think? <laughs> yeah, Zach has said he wants the bag. He he mm-hmm. said that he is he wants every penny that he he's earned <laughs> and that he feels he's worth. So um, I'd be surprised if he takes anything less than than a maximum contract offer, whether that's from the Bulls or someone else who creates space. Remains to be seen. The Bulls have said all the right things and wanting to keep him and and seeing him as a pillar piece in this franchise um and they did have to do a lot of things this offseason to to maneuver and get the roster to where it is that may have prevented them from getting to a point where they could could extend Zach and and he can also make more money so uh, there are things that there are reasons for why this thing hasn't gotten done but until it's done and you guys know it's never a done deal until the eyes are are dotted and the t's are crossed so uh, I'm a little less optimistic that Zach is guaranteed to have a future in Chicago than some others here uh, just because of that reason. I mean, they, they've gone out and done a lot. Um, they've spent a lot of money. And, and Zach also hasn't proven that he can lead a, a playoff caliber team. He's proving that he can be a terrific option as one of your main guys. But are they going to pay him upwards of $200 million and he hasn't proven that he can be a, a, the go-to guy in the playoffs? That's that's a question that management has to ask themselves. You know, uh, they're about to find out because they're going to make the playoffs this year. Uh, <laughs> I think I told you this already, Darnell. But so I'm looking. I'm, <laughs> Shout out to Marcus. You were the most optimistic, and, and at the time I couldn't see it. I needed to see them on the court. For me. But I give Marcus credit. He, he was called, called this in called the it early. Called his shot. <laughs> so Brooklyn is better. Milwaukee is better. Atlanta is better. And I, I cause I'll say Miami is better. Right. How many more teams better than the Bulls in the East, though? I mean Philly. Uh, it, I think Philly's better. Philly is yeah, Philly's better, so that's fine. So we look at six seed for the Bulls. Not play in turn. Six seed for the Bulls. <laughs> Come on, Darnell. Am I, how off am I here? Man, y'all gonna roast me, but you don't I'm, believe in the I'm, Knicks. I'm thinking, I'm thinking a little higher than six. Perhaps. What? What? Oh, wow. let's go. <laughs> <laughs> let's go, Marcus. Let's go. You got some. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, you mentioned Atlanta, and yes, Atlanta. You know, conference finalists, uh, nice young pieces, uh, well-respected coach in McMillan. I like what I see in Atlanta. But if you put Lonzo Ball on Trey Young, from what I'm seeing out of Lonzo Ball, and they got to stop Levine and DeRozan and Vooch, I'm putting, I'm not saying the Bulls are better than the Hawks, but I'm putting them in the same category. So in that like second tier group? Yeah. I mean, after, put it this way, after Brooklyn and Milwaukee, no one else scares me. That's not to say that I think the Bulls can or will get the third seed, but no one else scares me. I would put Miami in that league because of Spo and Jimmy and Kyle Lowry and those guys, but the Bulls have really, they're, and they're off to such a good start, and they're building 
momentum. They're building chemistry. These guys are gelling. Uh, and I think that's gonna that's gonna help them and benefit right. them as this season goes on. Right, I'm gonna pump everybody. Yeah, for the record, here. that's way that's that's way too high for me. Like, I, I, I'm <laughs> hopping off after the fifth seed, buddy. <laughs> you start getting four and three, I'm hopping off. They, I'm off. They ain't played nobody yet. Come on, now, D. <laughs> okay. Right. I'm not saying. I'm not saying, it, I'm not saying it's gonna happen. I'm just saying. He's just saying it's possible. He's just saying it's and Milwaukee. He just no, said it's possible. Look, I'm a big DeRozan guy, and I, I love him because he 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 stuck to who he is instead of you know, jumping on the three-point train and I got to shoot threes now. No, I'm going to do what I do and still be a, a great player. But um, what 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 is still in you know up for grabs in your mind, Darnell, as you look at this team when, as, the, as the schedule gets tougher? What, what is it you'll be looking for? Well, I do need to see more out of their bench and their depth. Um, you know, DeRozan right now has been staggered with Levine. And Billy got to play these dudes. <laughs> well, these guys, these guys got to go out there and play. I'm not even putting that on Billy yet. Um, you know, they, they're missing Kobe White. I'm looking forward to seeing him when he gets back uh, probably around late November, maybe early December. We'll see. Um, rebounding, their size is an issue. So, Rebound. I mean, they got out rebounded by the Raptors by twenty. I don't. So I don't understand why is he playing Alize Johnson over over uh, uh, Bradley? Tony Bradley. Yeah, like to me, that's what you need, especially when you got Vucevic as your start center. That dude yeah. coming in after him needs to be a defender, a shot blocker, mm-hmm. rim protector. So Tony Bradley had a little hip flexor uh, minor ailment in the preseason. It cost them to miss a lot of time. Um, and, and I just don't think Billy trusts him at this point because he hasn't seen him. Mm. Uh, and Alizé Johnson, to his credit, I mean, he's like a little Dennis Rodman out there. He goes out there and yeah, rebounds yeah. and battles and scraps and gets yeah, you second-chance opportunities. So uh, he, he does a little bit that they need in terms of rebounding the ball and playing some defense. So nice. Billy does have some decisions to make, though. Derek Jones Jr. is another one. Well, I was going to say, you, got, game you got Derek Jones and Troy Brown on the bench, and are either of those guys, you know, sniffing any minutes at all? Troy Brown is. Uh, you know, he, he had a little oral issue, something with his mouth that was going on. Uh, he said it was an Invisalign issue that, caused some some sores and he and couldn't eat is the line issue yeah he couldn't eat and <laughs> drop some weight and it just it was a bad look going into the season opener wow. uh so io the rookie out of illinois second yeah. round draft pick Good actually player. got got some of the minutes troy brown was supposed to play but that's now shifted back to troy brown and you know he's he's capable but he needs to be consistent and i yeah, think that's what knock. that's knock. what all the coaches are looking for yeah. in this league right so uh, if those guys can prove that they can be consistent, I don't think Billy Donovan's going to have a problem going to. Wow. Invisalign issue. I'm, I, one time Jeff oh, yeah, Malone. that's interesting. One time Jeff Malone missed the game because of contact lens irritation. So <laughs> I thought that was the all-timer. But Invisalign issues may be, may be may top that. Sound, that sounds like I don't like the coach. <laughs> <laughs> hey, boy, Here we let go. Me, let me make up something. D, what's up something. how are they? How is it? How are they playing locally? Like you know, I know it's a you know the Blackhawks are town and people go crazy over the Blackhawks, but they stink now. So um, there's a wide open boulevard for the Bulls to kind of capture that winter sports momentum. How are people? Are people believing it? Or are they are they like skeptical? Yeah, it's good to be Jerry Reinsdorf right now. I mean, the Cubs <laughs> kind of threw in the towel. The Bears got Justin Fields, which everyone's excited about. But, you know, they're, they're third in the NFC North right now. Yeah, they and, stink. Uh, and, and, <laughs> and they and, play and the, the Biners next. Let's go. <laughs> there you go, Marcus. <laughs> and then, like you said, the Blackhawks are, are terrible right now. So the White Sox, which Jerry Reinsdorf owns, uh, for right. those who don't know, and the Bulls are, are the teams on the come up. So, uh, the Bulls are really, ha- they have an opportunity right now to grab this city and-, and allow these fans to wrap their arms around them. And again, I mean, Alex Caruso is getting MVP chance, gentlemen. 
Oh, we know what that is. Loud MVP <laughs> chance in Chicago. So that's, that's that north side. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that is that is mostly that, the north that's side. That's that north side. <laughs> <laughs> but, but but that just goes to show you that I mean there is passion. There there's yeah. there is great passion still in this city for Bulls basketball. Sure. And the Bulls have a, a, a prime opportunity to tap into it. Yeah. So so they got Knicks, Jazz, Celtics, 76ers twice. That's five. Nets again, Dallas, and then a five-game West Coast road trip. So in these next, what is that, three, five, six, seven, the next 12 games. We'll find out. How many wins they get? I mean, look, if I'm, they can I'm go. I'm saying seven it, and five. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, six and six I think they'll be they'll be okay with. Um, that would make them 10 and four. Uh, no, 10 and, yeah, yeah, 10 and, 10 and four. 10 and 10. Yeah. No, no, six and. 10, ten and, and four. Thanks you. Thanks. Oh, ten, ten and, and six. six. Right, 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 right. Ten and six. Yeah, I know yeah. I'm tripping somewhere. Um, mm-hmm. and and that's a good start for what most of us said was a brutal start to this season from a scheduling standpoint. So, yeah. um, you know, it's helped. They played the Pistons twice without Cade Cunningham. They played the Pelicans without Zion. They played uh, the Raptors without Pascal Siakam. So they mm-hmm. benefited from some from some other teams' misfortune. Uh, but that's what the schedule brings, right? So I'm sure the Bulls are going to go through it at some point. Right now, they're collecting wins, and they're coming for that third seed. <laughs> six, six wins, six wins going to be tough. Yeah. <laughs> six wins going to be tough. We'll have uh, you back on in a month. Yeah, and, by that, <laughs> and by that time, I just the schedule, I noticed you're in L.A. for a weekend in, in mid-November. So, so where are you and Russ going to go to hang out? I was that was my next question. Uh, Y'all are really trying to get these rough fans out. I'm so glad to be done with them. I don't have to worry about it. Yeah, I hope Russ. I wish Russ nothing but the best in LA. Ah no. So look, look, man, look. They play the Lakers on the 15th on the on the back to back, right? The second end of a back to back. So they not gonna practice on the 16th, right? So. Man, y'all got plenty of time to kick exactly. it before you go to Portland. You know what I'm saying? You know, you can go to Portland day of. You know what right. I'm saying? Like, don't even, <laughs> don't even trip, right? I'm going to get to the Nike store if I go day of. Now you got the off day the next day. Go to hey. 18. You know what I'm saying? Like, true. That's true. Up, hey, I appreciate so this. So 15th, you and Russ kicking it. Exactly. And you, you can, like, counsel him on. I don't even know the are, hot spot in LA no more. So, are you, how do you feel watching Russ right now? Like, what do you, what goes to mind when you see Russ play, and you know, especially the the struggles he's had so far? Yeah, it's just different because his game has had to be altered so much. I mean, there's times when he goes entire possessions without even touching the ball, standing in the corner. I mean, what? And that was the thing. I mean, I, I don't even blame Russ for that. I mean, the Lakers. If the reports were true and they had a chance to get Buddy healed, I don't understand why they went for the star power as opposed to a better fit. I mean, who would you rather be kicking out to if you're Anthony Davis, Russell Westbrook or Buddy Hill? So um, he's doing, I think, the best he can. I was watching that game against the Grizzlies the other night, uh, and I think Russ had 15 assists that night. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so he's he's still getting his teammates involved, and he was throwing some gorgeous lob passes and dump off passes to his bigs uh, and just finding his teammates. So he's doing, I think, the best he can can from where his skill set is now. He's just not a shooter. And that, I think, no. is, is his fatal flaw. And it could be the Lakers' fatal flaw, ultimately. Yeah, no, I think he I, – I believe he will do the right thing most of the time. I really do. I don't think he's a selfish player in, in that sense at all. And he look, this is his only chance. This is his last chance to win a ring. This is it. He knows it. We all know it. Like he's there's not going to be another chance like this one. So I think he will try to do the right thing. But to your point, it just doesn't matter if it's a swing swing and the ball's with him. You know, it's just not a knockdown shooter. It just has never has been, you know. So you got to figure out different ways for him to contribute when he's not on the ball. Or catching it, you know what I mean. He's got to he's got to figure out a, a decoy that makes that works. And I don't know what that is. I'm not pretending I do know what it is, but that's the task 
to me for Frank Vogel is figuring out the best way to utilize Westbrook when he's not on the ball and dominating it because he's not a catch-and-shoot guy. He never has been. I'm just proud of Darnell for issuing some Westbrook praise. Exactly. And supporting, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, that. that's that's why you're a good dude, man. That's why you're the next Dusty Baker, man. Like, <laughs> you know, Ashy elbows and everything. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> don't, don't even say hi no more. Just be like, all right. All right now. All right now. Oh, man. Darnell, thank you, man. Appreciate you stopping in, man. It's always good to see you. I'm glad you got a a fun team to cover finally uh, in Chicago because I know what that's like, man. Believe me. (laughs) When your team sucks, when it, Marcus, when it's November 1 and (laughs) season's over already. It's done. Yeah, it's done. (laughs) That ain't ain't no fun. (laughs) We back out here. We know, right? another undefeated team, Darnell. We out here. So the buzz has happened. Oh, this is the Atlanta dream, but I'm talking about the Warriors, three and oh, the Warriors. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, I'm everybody's so like, oh, when is Clay? The what's the, what's the, the word on Clay? I keep. When is he coming back? I just don't see Clay sitting out Christmas Day. No, no, I right, don't, right, I don't right. see Clay. The only, the only, the only reason it might not happen. Because it's because it's on the road, and I think his first game is going to be at home. Where I think where are they on Christmas? That. They're they're in Phoenix on Christmas Day. Oh, okay, okay. So he uh, might get a game in before then, but yeah, I just don't see him not being on the court Christmas Day, right? Unless right. he's not unless he's not healthy. Then at that point, it it could end up being February after the All Star break if he's not <laughs> ready to play by then. Uh, right. But he said he won't play before a year out from the surgery. The surgery was November 25th. So he still has another month. So it won't be, it won't be any time before that. Yeah, and then after that, it's just about how he feels. But, okay. I mean, I've been watching Clay work out, man. Clay looked like – he looked like he wanted to get out there. Like, he looked like he ready. He wants some smoke. Now, I don't know what his – his Achilles might be barking at him, but <laughs> <laughs> looks like he wants the smoke. No, no. T.A. Hey, hey. Da, real quick, because Clay, this this made me think of it. Clay is griping that he felt like he belonged on the All NBA seventy fifth, seventy fifth player list. Who do you who who did you say had the biggest gripe? Sam Smith out here said Dwight Howard does not have a gripe, and I, that, I, that shocked me. So who who would you say had the no, biggest? No, I would. Beef? Well, he has a gripe. I don't know if it's the biggest gripe. I put I I put Dwight Howard on mine on my ballot. I don't think I, I don't think I, I'm telling any secrets here. Um, Cause I mean, look, the body of work, he's a three-time defensive player of the year. Come on. I mean, that's, that's not nothing. And he was a multiple time all-star when he was healthy and got his team to a finals and was a dominant top 10 level player for multiple seasons. Um, now all the other stuff, you don't want to put him in because of that that you can make up your own minds on that. I'm not going to, I'm not going to ding a guy because personally he does things that I disagree with. You know what I mean? Um, On the court, he was, he was great for a long time. So I had him on mine, but um, I don't know. I I would, you know, Alex English is also another one that I just really am like, man, y'all just don't know how good Alex English was. Like, (laughs) Like, you know, people just act like you just like you could just score 25 anytime you feel like it. And you can't because it's really hard to do that every night. And he did it for like nine years in a row, you know, on some good but not great Nuggets teams. Um, so to me, those those would be my bigger snubs. Frank, I mean, honestly, Clay Thompson is not a top 75 player of all time. Just, he's, he's not a top 75. It's not even a diss. I mean, that, exactly. <laughs> I mean, what are we talking about? Like, like he's a really good player. Nobody's saying he's not yeah. a really he's a great good player. player. He's like, a Hall of Famer. Yes. He's not one of the 75 greatest players That's of all, all time. That's all I'm like, saying. what are we talking about? <laughs> How could this? I, I don't, like, why I don't is it, it like you're, you're a hater if you say Clay Thompson's not one of the 75 best players in the history of basketball? Like, no, that's ridiculous. Come on. Clay knows his history, it. too, right, Marcus? I mean, Clay, Clay's a student of the game, isn't he? I, I think, well, in Clay's defense, he is definitely top 75 
at the object of the game. Yes, <laughs> right? like, of course. Like, I mean, so I would understand putting a little bit extra value on that. Like, right. you know, yo, the game is about putting the ball in the hole. Yeah. You can't find 75 players. <laughs> right. I, I get it. I get it. <laughs> right. But I mean, look, he, to me, you just gotta like the one, ex- the, the exception. And I, I think he might have an argument for the, the, the Scotty Pippen exception, but like, you gotta carry a team. Yeah. You gotta carry a team. You gotta right. know what that feels like to be like, if, if you fail, it's over. Right. And there's, he's, they've been, they've been playing together for 10 years. There's not one year where you could say, he had a better year than Steph. That's what I was going to say. <laughs> if, you can tell that, me, if you can tell me, you know, Clay Thompson was really better than Steph. All right, I'll listen to the argument. I won't agree with it, but I'll listen to it. But you can't even say that with a straight face. Like, nobody can say that with a straight face. Like, and, the guy's clearly better. <laughs> and that's not a, that's not a knock, though. Like, that's the part, like, it's, like Scottie Pippen is on it, right? And he wasn't the best player on his team. So there is not. like a window for it. Right. right? But Scottie Pippen was the best defensive play- player in the league for like seven and he's years. He's playing next to the greatest <laughs> player of all time, right? Like so, I, I understand, I understand, I understand the argument. You got recency bias, you got the dude can shoot, he's got championships, like the resume, I get it. But man, look, look, dear Boston up, you just talking about I'm putting together dudes who can play ball. You picking prime Grant Hill over Clay? I am one thousand percent. I'm telling you, prime Grant Hill was pre, a monster. Pre hurt, pre injury Grant a Hill, monster. Like what people are sleep. I can't even Grant say Hill. it. It's a twelve letter word. <laughs> pre injury Grant uh, Hill. Oh that, my god, he was unbelievable. He was he was top three. He was a top three player in the league, not top ten. Like it was Jordan. Yeah. It was Grant yeah. Hill. Like, you're like no, Grant. he was up there. You was man. Grant Hill and the Pistons Judy with the with just, the horse. Just Google what? Grant. Just Google Grant Hill, Alonzo Morning, and see what you find. Yeah. <laughs> see what you find. <laughs> yeah. So, yo, Grant Hill was a beast, yo. I think people sleep on. I understand he didn't win a title. And right, I, right, I get right, it. Right. He but, got hurt. He didn't play long enough. But, yeah. Grant Hill before, bro. That, that dude was a monster. Pre, so. Pre-injury? Woo. Oh, yes. Shout out to my play cousin, Clay, though. He's number 77 in the song. We <laughs> <laughs> appreciate you, man. Love the, love the convo. Love the chat. And uh, please, all of y'all, leave that five-star review on Google, on Apple, Spotify, wherever you're listening to the podcast. Marcus, tell the folks, if you can't do, if you can't do five stars... What should they do with it? Then you should go spend a winter in Chicago. Because <laughs> that's where haters belong. Oh, I'm sorry. To, my bad. <laughs> keep it to yourself. Five stars or keep it to yourself. This is Hoops Adjacent. We a five-star organization. Later.